Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on June 18th, 2021. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we talk about here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce has been serving the community since 1941. It is an association of businesses, other entities, and individuals organized to encourage a strong local economy and quality of life by promoting commerce, sound government, and an informed membership and community. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. This is what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And, of course, joining us as co-host, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman. Hi, Kelly. How are you today? I'm sorry. Hi, Kelly. How are you today? Good morning and happy Friday, Joe. Uh, it's a, I had you. That's a I had good you. day, and uh, I've had a very yeah. busy week uh, with a bunch of kind of new openings and activity, which is so exciting. How are you today? I'm wonderful. It's a wonderful sunny day in Salem, Oregon. Sun, sun and Oregon doesn't always go together, so I'm happy you have sun. <laughs> Not always. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, that's, you know, fantastic. Well, um, there's, you know, there's light. It's not sunny yet here this morning. We have a little bit of an overcast, you know, the marine layer, but mm-hmm. uh, there is mm-hmm. sun in everybody's soul, and there's light at the end of the tunnel with the um, California opening um, reopening and kind of scaling back the requirements of mask wearing um, yes. in public yes. and in the workplace and yes. um, you know occupancy. So it's uh, we are getting there. It doesn't mean the pandemic is over. It doesn't mean you know we're out of the woods. But we are making fantastic progress. And I just have to say, there's such a great energy in the air. Um, not mm. only with the locals, but a lot of people starting to travel a little bit and move around. Not seeing a lot of international travelers yet, rightfully so, but definitely mm-hmm. seeing you know regional people traveling within the state um, and what have you. So it's it, very exciting. Um, we you know a couple of fun activities uh, this week that I'll get into in a minute. But we're just so pleased um, that you know right. businesses are um, bringing employees back into the workplace safely with the option of some, mm-hmm. you know, working from home. But I have to say it's really um, exciting. And yesterday uh, was the graduation of the Miracosa High School um, senior class. And I know, mm-hmm. woohoo, yes. Um, always fun to see those smiling faces. And um, graduation was in person this year. And uh, mm-hmm. they had started kind of a tradition. Uh, they started something last year that, has now officially carried on as a tradition after the graduation and um, what have you in the um, early evening at sunset kind of they 
all the graduates um, gathered down at the Hermosa Pier and walked to the Manhattan Beach Pier in their caps and gowns and uh, granite flip-flops and sneakers probably, but um, they walk along the strands. You've got these, I'm not sure how big the graduating class was this year, but usually, you know, around 350 to 400 or so um, young adults, and they walk the strand in their caps and gowns and it is just quite a sight to see all the green and gold walking down the strand and those big smiles, you know, on their face and um, just, just love it. So a lot of positivity. Um, just, and I just want to say congratulations to all those seniors out there, not only with Miracosta, but any of the private schools in the area too. And, um, you right. know, may, uh, this is the beginning of the rest of your life. Do you remember when you graduated from high school, that feeling, you know, I, it was <laughs> like you're, you're kind of free because you you don't technically, although everybody does pretty much, you don't technically have to go to college, right? Like you have to go to high school. You have to go to school. You have to, you know, it's, it's actually illegal if, you, if you're not at school, right, you know. And when right. you graduate, even though everybody has aspirations, of course, of going to college and then some, um, you know, it's like this sense of freedom. So I love seeing that on everybody's face. Um, very, very exciting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, and then l- last night, holy moly, I went to the opening of a new restaurant um, called Eddie V's, and it's on Rosecrans, uh, technically on the El Segundo side of Rosecrans, and it's right across mm-hmm. from the um, former Arclight Theater, and it is just elegant and fabulous and I had to kind of really wake myself up this morning because I kind of am still in a food coma. The the food is steak, fresh fish, seafood, um, a little bit of old school mixed in with just wonderful food. The service is um, remarkable. It's outstanding. They Mm -hmm. they even brought um, their top servers and leaders from all over the country. They do have a few other um, locations throughout the country. And they brought... Mm -hmm. um, these servers out to shadow the kids, uh, not the kids, the servers, and teach them. And so they brought, like, their superstars <laughs> from all over the country to, you know, shadow um, the employees that have been hired for this location. And so the service is just, uh, it's, you know, it's white coat um, type of service in, oh, my gosh, Joe, it, it, the food is amazing. And um, white I, I just can't, yeah. And the white coats, and you know, there's a big, massive crystal chandelier in the uh, the main part of the dining room. Um, there's a piano bar, uh, that just elegant, wonderful music. You can sit and have a cocktail, and or you can, there is an outdoor patio too. And um, I can't. I, I just was. It was profound. The table. I was. I went with um, the Chevron Group, um, our colleagues at Chevron, and. I, we are all just taken by the, how delicious the food was, how friendly and just welcoming, but yet professional and just top-notch standards. I mean, down to, you know, uh, the fork wasn't quite, you know, placed right by one of the new servers. And, you know, the one shadow just, you know, gently said, you need to put it right here. <laughs> you know, so the, uh, the attention right. to detail, let's say that. That's probably the best way to describe it. The attention to detail at Eddie V's. Um, is wonderful. They will be open every night from uh, mm-hmm. starting at 4 p.m. for kind of a happy hour, cocktail after work or whatever, um, every night, seven nights a week. 
and they will only be doing brunch twice a year, Mother's Day and Easter. So it's a dinner-only type of restaurant or pop-in for a cocktail at the bar, at the piano bar. Um, Desserts were insane. I had bananas, foster, butter cake for dessert, as if I wasn't already completely full and up to my ears. Um, they, you mm. know, they lit it on fire at the table and it was just what a, just really a special evening. So, um, I encourage <laughs> everybody to get over to Eddie V's mate, you know, take, it's a little, it's a little dressier. You know, I wouldn't encourage, um, you know, flip flops and shorts in the restaurant. It's a little nicer and you'll have mm-hmm. a wonderful, you know, wonderful evening and wonderful meal. So, uh, very exciting to see restaurants opening right, uh, after the pandemic. They've been building that out for a couple of years. It's in the former space where McCormick and Schmitz was, and um, it is it is absolutely outstanding. Um, uh, two, five, four thumbs up. Whatever, however many hands you want to put up, it's, it's um, <laughs> ab- absolutely fantastic. So, anyways, um, and then next okay. week okay. we have a very exciting. Uh, we're doing our first ribbon cutting and mixer in 16 months, Joe. 16 months. It's been since we've done oh. a ribbon cutter cutting and mixer, and we're doing it at the new Culture Brewing Company in downtown Manhattan Beach on Manhattan Beach Boulevard. It is the first, it is the only and the first um, tap room in Manhattan Beach. Uh, fantastic mm-hmm. um, beers, all different flavors. Um, they originally come out of um, Solano Beach in Encinitas down in San Diego. They opened mm-hmm. finally after about a two-year build-out. Uh, they opened kind of in January, obviously during the pandemic, and so we're finally able to gather a larger group and celebrate them and recognize them. So that is next Wednesday. Uh, we'll be cutting the ribbon at 5:30, and then we'll be enjoying a little networking, mixing, and mingling. Um, open to anybody um, from 6 to 8 p.m at Culture Brewing on Manhattan Beach Boulevard in downtown Manhattan Beach. Love and Salt will be providing some nice little appetizers and pizzas for people to Mm -hmm. nibble on since Culture Brewing does not serve any food. Um, They're just a tap room only. So um, Mm -hmm. we encourage people to register in advance just so we have a good idea of headcount. You can go onto the ManhattanBeachChamber.com website and just let us know that you're coming. So um, all of that is super exciting. We're very happy and um, yesterday afternoon, you know, Governor Newsom announced um, the new rules for uh, reopening and requirements and, and kind of um, loosening the requirements on mask restrictions in the workplace. So people mm-hmm. are gearing up. Um, they're increasing their capacity indoors in restaurants um, and retail. And still people are welcome to wear a mask and are encouraged to do so if they're not vaccinated. And even if they are vaccinated and they feel more comfortable, then you should wear a mask. So um, very exciting news um, all around um, as, you know, we get back to, um, well, I don't want to say we get back to normal. We, get, we, start, we start the new normal. How about that? And um, yes. just really, you know, forge forward um, is the best way to put it. So that's okay. what I have for you. And, and hello, this weekend is Father's Day. I'm going to wish you a happy Father's Day in advance, Joe. Well, thank you very much, Kelly. Thank you very much. I just went to Father's Day dinner last evening, and uh, it was wonderful with my daughter and her fiancé and uh, her fiancé's dad, Dale. Hi, Dale. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very nice. uh, That was great. 
Yes. Excellent. Well, it was happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, and uh, I hope you have a, a, a peaceful, um, restful weekend and that your kids don't ask you for Thank the keys you. to the car or money in their pocket. So uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be a nice gift for Father's Day? <laughs> they have their own cars now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about our guest today. Speaking, you know, of fathers, and we're going to be talking a little bit about men's health, um, yes. in, you know, uh, doctor, a doctor that does house calls. Remember the old days where we used to be able to have a house <sighs> call to, you know, the house when you weren't feeling well? Um, right. Well, right. we have somebody that just joined the chamber who – who does that and much, much more. So very excited to uh, talk with the, the doctor in the house today and right. uh, find out more about him and his practice and um, get some updates. All right. All right. If you want to introduce them or just have them come on? I I will introduce them and then you can bring them on. Um, uh, right. Today we have Dr. Patrick Meehan and his beautiful wife, Alicia, joining us. They are the founders of ListenMed.com. Um, and Dr. Meehan has been practicing family medicine for over 30 years. He received his medical degree from Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri, and is board certified in family medicine. In addition, mm-hmm. he completed a preventative medicine residency and epidemic intelligence service training at the Centers for Disease Control and prevention, otherwise known as the CDC. We all have heard that little acronym a lot in the last year. Uh, for the last yeah. several years, Dr. Meehan was medical director for the adult outpatient clinic at San Mateo Hospital and also was assistant clinical professor and saw patients at Stanford Clinic in Palo Alto. He previously served as a physician at Palo Alto Medical Foundation and the Women's Health Center. The doctor also served as director of emergency response at the CDC and was closely involved in the public health response to 9-11 and the anthrax attacks in Washington, D.C. Very interesting. Uh, He was state health officer for Georgia, overseeing over 1,200 state employees. Dr. Meehan and his wife currently live a block from the beach. He loves to body surf, and you can find them most weekends on the bike path between Redondo and Manhattan Beach. They are also big fans <laughs> of the Dodgers and Lakers. Woohoo! Dodgers and Lakers. Love that. They are dedicated to supporting the community and support the Sisters of Charity in Rancho Palos Verdes by helping get and deliver furniture and clothes and gift cards from hundreds of people in the area to help struggling families in San Pedro and Torrance. They also, this is really, I find very cool, they also donate 10 meals to the LA Regional Food Bank with every listenmed.com consultation. They raise their kids in Manhattan Beach, and they are join being empty nesters, which gives them time to join us this morning on the show. Um, Alicia and Dr. Meehan, welcome to the show. We are so happy to have you here this morning. Hi, yes. Kelly, Kelly. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Hi. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Let me start with you, uh, Dr. Meehan, because we have just been, all of us globally, have just been through potentially 16 months of a global pandemic where we've seen the transformation of several industries. I mean, the commercial real estate industry, 
has been transformed by what has happened. Uh, the the uh, the Zoom call, the the you know telemedicine in general, but Zoom as a company saw an enormous rise in the use of their technology, and many other technologies similarly have seen uh, enormous rises in in use. Now, this house calls um, aftercare. Uh, after hours care for the entire family. This is counter-cultural, in a sense, to what we've been through for the last 16 months. So take us through um, the, the thinking on that. And also, it's quite, uh, I mean, I, I would think a lot of people are hungry for knowing their doctor. So, yeah, let me respond to that, Joe, and thank you so much for having us on. Um, uh, first of all, let me point out that we do house calls. We also have mm. really nice technology for <laughs> doing um, for doing telemedicine visits. So you can right. go to our website. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good. Um, can you hear? can go to our website and on make an appointment. And it's very mm-hmm. cool because you uh, get taken right to – a list of available appointment times for telemedicine visits, and you can make an appointment right there and then. And then we have really nice technology for doing in-person, you know, video telemedicine visits. But we also, um, and that can be done anywhere in California. So that's available Mm -hmm. to all Californians because that's where I'm licensed. Um, Mm -hmm. But for the uh, Beach Cities area, we're offering house calls. So for people nights and weekends, um, if they have strep throat or suddenly feel terrible or they're in a hotel visiting from out of the country or out of state um, and suddenly their back goes out or they have a fever or they have a sinus infection, um, I can come see them um, and Mm -hmm. I bring medications with me, um, diagnostic equipment and um, can, Mm -hmm. you know, do a pretty thorough uh, medical visit with them in person. Mm-hmm. So we do both mm-hmm. in-person visits and video telemedicine. Um, so we are we are technologically advanced, also. Um, right, right. I'm just I'm I'm just referring to what I would call the Pareto or Pareto principle, that 80% of what people need from doctors can be provided with just maybe 20% of the technology that uh, the medical profession uh, is, is availed of and, and uses on a regular basis. But of course, you know, uh, we have a, a medical um, establishment here in the United States, which is focused on and un- unfortunately focused on the last, you know, 10 days, the last two months of life. I mean, can we keep you alive? Maybe, but it's going to cost tens of thousands per day, tens of thousands per hour with the advanced medication and the advanced uh, 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 procedures that we have. And, and a lot of, there's been a lot of you know, talk in the last few years about stepping back from that, uh, that urge and that need to keep people alive at all costs and, and, and tend towards the preventive and the, the house call, the 
the the personal relationship between doctor and patient. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, you're you're absolutely right. The what we in medicine refer to as end of life care um, eats up a huge percentage of you know the healthcare dollar in this country, um, hmm. which has really given rise to the advent of um, expanded hospice care and palliative care. So, um, you know, 30 years ago, hospice and palliative care were not as available as they are now. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are realizing that um, as they get toward the end of their life and they have terminal cancer or they're very sick, um, they're much better off being comfortable rather than being Mm -hmm. prodded and poked and given all kinds of horrible chemicals um, to try to keep them alive for a month or two longer. So you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. End of life care is really eating up a lot of of our dollar. And I think Mm -hmm. as a society, we've also realized that prevention is the way to go. So, you know, something like smoking has become kind of, you know, verboten. I mean, people who smoke Mm -hmm. are kind of shunned nowadays. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you, you get a ticket if you're not wearing your safety belt in your car. Um, Mm -hmm. So we've done a lot to promote um, prevention. Um, People are understanding more about exercise and diet and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, things like avoiding saturated fats and wearing sunscreen and, you know, all the things Mm -hmm. they do to to stay healthy. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. right. This is this is wonderful. I mean, this is this is something that is very new. And I want to bring Alicia into the conversation with the with the advent of the need, uh, when, when Alicia did, did Listen Med begin, and what was the conversation that you had with Patrick about starting ListenMed.com? Well, it actually started uh, because I had been on a business trip, and uh, the hotel uh, – you know, I started having terrible back spasms, and the hotel brought a doctor. I was in New Zealand, and I didn't know where to go. And they had this wonderful mm-hmm. doctor, um, and he was fantastic. He came with his uh, – he had a shot of some type of thing that he gave me to help, I think, Toradol. And I was better. I felt better. And it's very frightening when one is, you know – out of the country and you don't know the doctors and so forth. And so, um, and especially to go into an ER and I've had that happen, you know, again, and I travel a bit internationally. And so I said to him, what if we did something like this? Cause I know we raised our children in Manhattan beach and I can't tell you how many times where people were, I'd hear the stories. Um, I had to do it myself where you're in the ER waiting all night, uh, and it's just something you don't know if it's something serious or not. Um, the urgent care mm-hmm. is closed. Um, so that's where it kind of came from. And we just decided that it would be a wonderful thing to give back to um, the Beach Cities community. Because he is, you know, it's not only, it sounds snobby, but it really is important to have somebody who's really a great doctor seeing you. Mm-hmm. Because um, there mm-hmm. are a lot of ones out there just because they're wearing a white coat doesn't mean what they're telling you and diagnosing you is correct. And that's 
frightening too. So you really do want to have that trust in who's coming, um, who you're seeing, and also who would be coming to your home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And we, and we and we also have a great relationship with this local pharmacy in El Segundo. Wonderful man, the owner at St. Anthony's mm-hmm. Pharmacy. So part of this is that um, if he doesn't have it in his bag or with the telemedicine, he can deliver it that day or the next day if it's later um, right to your home as well. Wow. Well, now, Um, um, uh, I'm sorry, go on. No, um, uh, uh, Joe, I was going to ask a question of Alicia, the doctor. um, Alicia, how, um, if somebody wants a house call, and how long does it usually take? You know, how quickly can the doctor react and, and get there? So somebody calls, you know, let's just say after hours, um, you know, 8 o'clock at night, and uh, the, you know, their kid has a raging fever and a sore throat, and, you know, they don't want to go through the night um, without having um, them seen by um, a physician. How long does it usually take um, for the doctor to be able to get there? as fast as he can get into his car and get over there. Uh, <laughs> if he doesn't have a telemedicine, he the appointments are usually we have them till 10 p.m. Uh, mm-hmm. every day. And on the weekends, they're all day. Um, so, yeah. Would you say that, Patrick? Yep. So as long as I'm not seeing somebody else, I can get over there pretty much right away within the hour in most cases. Right. And let me just add that, um, you know, uh, emergency rooms are for emergencies. So if somebody's having, you know, terrible chest pain and might be having a heart attack or a stroke or something or a broken bone, they should go to the emergency room. But too often people go to the emergency room with, you know, a sore throat or sinus infection or a back pain, and they wait for hours in the ER and they pay a huge copay and a huge deductible on their insurance and their insurance company gets billed $6,000 for their strep throat because mm-hmm. they went to the emergency room. Um, that's what we're here for. We're here for those, you know, um, those acute non-emergency um, ailments that pop up at all hours of the day and night. Um, but, of course, people should go to the ER if they're having a heart attack or a stroke or a broken bone or something. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's interesting how you know as a parent too. I have two now young adult boys, but it seems like those those um, non life threatening type of emergencies always ha- always happen right after the urgent care especially like it seems like they happen right after urgent care closes on a friday or saturday night and the last place you want to go is the er right <laughs> oh my gosh especially well, nowadays who wants to go to the er nowadays right right, right. yeah right. yeah this this is a wonderful um sort of new proposition in the in the world of of uh of medicine and and delivery um there's many delivery modalities this is this is new isn't this isn't this new alicia i mean I, uh, are there other organizations that are providing this kind of uh um uh, house call slash telemedicine on a local basis or is this a new thing not very many. Uh, I think there was, I 
chatted with one fellow in Beverly Hills who's doing it, um, but I don't think he's doing telemedicine. He's just going and doing straight house calls. Um, right. But, you know, I think part of it, too, that we, <clears throat> um, we came up with the idea, too, is he sees so many patients that um, what we learn about this whole issue with men's health, that men, mm. well, Patrick talk more about it but you know I just hear him telling me the fact that they're really you know it's a wonderful thing we come from a society where men work really hard you know and women do too but men tend to really ignore their health until it's just they're healing over with a heart attack or whatever so I mean maybe Patrick can talk more about you know what he sees but just with all of it and also they don't maybe it's part of our society that they don't want to admit that something's wrong or also with ED, they of course don't want to talk about it and have to go through um, seeing a secretary, um, you know, receptionist and an MA and have to talk about it with Mm -hmm. all these people. And with what we've done Mm -hmm. is you can go straight through and just talk to a man, um, straight, you know, doctor and not have to go through all the bureaucracy. But I think Patrick can talk Mm -hmm. more about just the issues regarding men's health. Too. Yes, please, Patrick. Sure, you want me to talk about men's health a little bit? So, um, please, the other yes. the other sort of advent of our of our business is um, we wanted to um, we noticed that there were companies out there like uh, Roman and Hims that are providing like treatment for erectile dysfunction um, and other men's you know hair loss and other men's health issues, but you don't actually talk to a doctor. You fill out a form online and they send you medication. And mm-hmm. to me, as a responsible physician, that did not seem appropriate. Um, if you think about something like erectile dysfunction, that could be caused by all kinds of things, low testosterone, diabetes, uh, vascular disease, and just filling out a form online and getting your medication sent to you um, doesn't seem like, you know, good medicine. So part of what we were trying to do was provide an alternative to those companies where you could actually speak to a doctor um, and uh, discuss what's going on with you. And I can even order tests um, uh, and you can get tests done and and that sort of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. We can provide your, you know, erectile dysfunction drugs or hair loss treatments or treatment for herpes or that sort of thing. We can do those prescriptions, but the difference between what we do and what some of these companies like Roman and Hims do is you actually get to talk to a doctor um, and you get your medications from a pharmacy with a pharmacist you can actually talk to. But as far as men's health go, um, I also consult with people, you know, men, men don't go to the doctor. They, they tend to put it off. Um, they show up when they're 55 and their cholesterol has been elevated for years and their blood pressure has been elevated for years and they're starting to have chest pain because of their heart disease. So, um, you know, what we're trying to offer is a way for men to make an appointment online, speak to a doctor uh, through telemedicine, um, and um, uh, really get a lot of preventive advice and care uh, done. Um, you know, there's a lot of things men should do. Um, 
men over 50, some men over 45, should get prostate cancer screening done, for example, or colon cancer screening. Um, they mm-hmm. should be checked for diabetes. They should be checked for high cholesterol. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that men just kind of neglect that they should be doing. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. but, yeah, we're our goal is to make it easier for men to actually speak to a doctor and get some, you know, useful advice on how to stay healthy. Same for women. No. Um, we're available yes. to women as well and, and children. I'm a family Dr. physician, Meehan, so I oh. see people of all ages. Was it, wasn't Viagra originally developed as a, I, I, I want to say, uh, a high, blo- high blood pressure uh, medication and then certain pulmonary, pulmonary hypertension? Yes. And, and then so Benefil was originally for that. Other aspects. Yes. Yep. Pulmonary hypertension. And, uh, and it's still so used for a them. lot. Yes. A lot of these things, I mean, a lot of these things for men when it comes to erectile dysfunction are caters of other underlying health conditions, other un- underlying health issues. Is that correct? That's exactly my point. And, you know, the idea of just filling out a form online and getting your meds sent to you without ever speaking to a doctor seems kind of crazy mm-hmm. to me. Because you could have mm-hmm. diabetes, you could have vascular disease, you could have low testosterone, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, all of which should be addressed. So you're right. ED can be mm-hmm. a sign of something, you know, more serious. Right, right, right. That's the thing, uh, you know. Uh, well, this is amazing. This is this is really transformative, and I think it can be also transformative in the areas of uh, of ch- children's medicine because Kelly one thing we know parents are busy <laughs> uh especially parents with young children are very busy so the doctor visit is one of those big slams to your 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 schedule I agree Isn't that uh, right? and, yes. and and the timing is you know, the, the timing, like I said, it always seemed, you know, like when my, when my kids were young, particularly, that, you know, something happened literally right as the urgent care, you know, was closing. Your doctor's been closed for hours, your family physician. And, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, can we make it through the night or do we have to go, you know, to the urgent care or to the uh, ER? Mm-hmm. And uh, to be able to have a house call um, would be, you know, I think – uh, I'm sure you guys are very busy and you're going to get even busier, but I think it's a fantastic option. And of course, you know, we're not even talking about all the telemedicine um, services doctor that you provide, but uh, you know, it, talk mm. about the last year and some of the trends you've seen. And I, I would imagine your telemedicine visits, you know, went off, off the charts and, and escalated, but you know, I, I, and I, I imagine health calls too, because people just didn't want to go out. So what kind of trends are you seeing, um, you know, with your own business or health concerns um, beyond, you know, are people still, um, the minute they get the sniffles or a slight fever, are they still assuming that they have, you know, COVID-19 or are, have we moved a little bit beyond that? What's, what's really interesting has been um, 
how much emergency departments across the country saw a decrease in visits. So um, a huge proportion of emergency department visits nationwide are for non-emergency problems. So people, a lot of people use the emergency room as their primary care doctor. That's part of our goal is to be an alternative to that um, because that's not what emergency rooms are for. They're for strokes and heart attacks and broken bones, and they're very expensive, and you wait a long time, mm-hmm. and you're exposed to all kinds of other illnesses when you go there because there's all kinds of sick people there. So it's mm-hmm. been real interesting to see how, uh, how much emergency rooms have seen a fall-off in volume um, somewhat replaced by COVID, of course. So a lot of people were going with COVID to the emergency room. Um, and, um, and the other thing, you know, I've noticed is that, um, so regarding kids, parents should still take their kids to their uh, pediatrician or family physician for their vaccines and their preventive care and that sort of thing. Um, you need to go to the doctor to do that because you have to get your shots and get weighed and all that stuff and get measured. So for mm-hmm. for routine preventive care, they need to keep going. But um, but I think people have learned um, how to take care of things themselves to some extent, how to mm-hmm. self-care when they have minor illnesses. Um, and, you know, our goal is to be able to be there if you're, anxious about your what you have and um, you want help mm-hmm. taking care of your your acute problem, um, you know, we're there for you. You can call us and we'll I'll see you online or I'll come to your house and help figure out what you have and keep you out of the emergency room. Mm-hmm. If, if I can <laughs> add if I can add one trend that um I've been seeing is that mm-hmm. now with children going back to school a lot of mothers are very anxious when their child's coming home with this cough and feeling sick because, again, they're maybe too young to be able to have the vaccine and they're worried maybe they have the COVID, but then they're afraid to bring them in anywhere because then they might get COVID. Um, So this was um, when I was talking to one of the moms who was saying, boy, you know, this other mom who's so anxious who's in my daughter's class this would be great for her. I'm going to give her your number because your husband could just come to her home and, you know, she could allay, it could allay her fears because um, she's just worried mm-hmm. in general. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's another trend. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely Fantastic. right. And I would imagine there's other, you know, school employees and teachers too, as everybody is returned. And you're going to see it even more with the workplace too. But um, can now mm-hmm. that brings up a good point, Alicia too, and Doctor. Um, can do you provide? Can you do a um, COVID nineteen test as a house call? Um, no, I can't. Um, you would have to. You'd have to go to your to your doctor's office or the ER for that. It's a little bit too specialized to do because um, ha- it has to be processed right away. Um, but. Um, uh, what I can do is um, advise you on whether you should get a test, whether what you have is consistent with COVID. Um, a lot of, like Alicia said, a lot of people were worried they have COVID, but in fact they have mm-hmm. a common cold or sinus infection or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, people are also wanting advice. 
you know, there's a lot of confusion out there about how to protect themselves from COVID. You know, when should I wear a mask? When shouldn't I wear a mask? It always amuses me to see people driving in their car alone wearing a mask um, because you're not going to get COVID sitting in your car alone. Um, <laughs> and and I think, you know, there's been a lot of um, misinformation out there and lack of good education for people about what they need to do to prevent COVID. But, of course, the most important thing to do right now is to get a vaccine um, to prevent mm-hmm. COVID. Because you, once, once you're vaccinated, you can pretty much go back to life as you used to know it before, for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, um, Doctor, you have obviously extensive um, experience uh, working in public health uh, and with the CDC, and but before we get into that, and I want to hear all about that, and I, and I want to discuss the Delta variant and what you know about that and how people can um, continue to protect themselves. But, and Alicia, you might see this also. I have seen it just in the last month as um, people are, you know, really, they're vaccinated, but they're, stopping, they're not wearing their mask as much. The, you know, the, the guidelines are, have loosened, and now they have totally loosened. But people definitely, you know, have not been masking up as much, um, even like in public or restaurants or the mall or whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, everybody's been coming down with, you know, the common cold uh, with a little bit of a flu bug that's not COVID related. Um, but it's very interesting how the, the mask also protected, you know, all of us from, um, you know, uh, contacting those basic cold and flu that we've all had traditionally for years. And I've talked to so many people in the last year, goes, that was amazing. You know, I didn't get sick this year with, you know, whatever, tonsillitis or that normal bronchial infection that I get. And, um, you know, now that people are starting to take that mask off, I would imagine you're probably seeing um, some more of those basic sinus infections and, and, you know, throat infections. Are you? Is that consistent with what you're seeing? Yeah, isn't that funny that – we had this country had one of the lightest flu years ever this year mm-hmm. mm. because everybody was wearing masks and staying home um, because flu is spread pretty much the same way COVID is spread. Um, so we had one of the lightest flu years ever. Um, but yeah, it's um, what we're going to see is as people go back to normal, we're going to see all those common, you know, common cold, flu, all that stuff start to reemerge. Because um, there's lots of other viruses out there that can make you sick. Fortunately, not mm-hmm. as sick as COVID, mm-hmm. yeah. but they can make you sick. So, okay. so what's really yeah. important is that people wash their hands. Um, you know, I think we've learned a lot during this that you know, when you sneeze or cough, you know, uh, cover your mouth, cover your nose, cough into your sleeve, into your elbow. Um, uh, I even before COVID. I would keep hand sanitizer in my car. So when I came out of the grocery store or out of any store, I would, you know, I'd been touching stuff there, I would sanitize. And I was doing that long before COVID because that's, you know, that's how you prevent getting all these, you know, little viruses that we all suffer from intermittently that keep us home and out of work. But, yeah, it's been quite amusing to see how little there's been during all this. All right, let's talk. You want to talk about the Delta variant? Let's talk, yeah, vaccines and the Delta variant. I'm I'm, uh, 
Yes, I'm yes. very curious. I, I, I am not up to speed on the Delta variant. I've heard just a little bit here and there on the news, so I've been so busy that I haven't really do, um, dove into that. So let's, let's talk, yeah, the vaccine and vaccines, I guess, and uh, Delta variant. Well, tell us what you know about that. So it's what um, I said this to Alicia um, right when the vaccines first became available, that my concern was that if we didn't make the vaccine available worldwide, um, which we're now starting to do, that you're going to have all these countries where people are not getting vaccinated, you know, typically um, underdeveloped countries, um, uh, not industrialized countries. Um, where people are not like South America and Africa, where people are not getting vaccinated um, and COVID continues, um, that's a breeding ground for variants. So if you have lots of COVID infections going on, that gives the virus a chance to mutate. And variants are just mutant um, COVID viruses. So all viruses mutate regularly. That's what they do. Um, <laughs> that's why you have to get a different flu shot every year because the flu virus mutates worldwide during the course of the year and different strains emerge each year. So you get a different flu vaccine every year to cover the strain. Similarly with COVID, with all of these, um, you know, with a worldwide pandemic, um, there's going to be um, mutant strains of COVID emerging. So there's not just the Delta variant. There's many variants out there. Um, there's one that emerged from Brazil that's um, fairly concerning. Um, the good news is that so far, um, all the major variants are susceptible to the vaccine. So the vaccine um, seems to work well against all the major variants out there, including the Delta variant. Um, mm -hmm. There's a slight, there's some evidence that it's slightly less effective against the Delta variant, but even if mm -hmm. you get infected with the Delta variant, the vaccine appears to protect you from getting very sick. So you're not likely to end up hospitalized or die if you've been vaccinated mm -hmm. and you get the Delta variant. Um, if you're not vaccinated, however, it is it does seem to be a little more contagious, um, and there's some evidence that it causes more serious illness than the original uh, COVID strain uh, that was going around last spring. So mm -hmm. it's just more um, more of a reason to get vaccinated um, because the vaccines do seem to protect you against all of the major strains that have emerged so far out there. And that's good news. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know how long the vaccine could... is going to work. Go ahead, Alicia. Oh, sorry. One of the things, too, um, people might be interested on our website, listenmed.com, we have about seven videos that um, Patrick did. Um, one of them is on uh, COVID and talking about all different things and men's health and ED and so forth, and how does a man stay healthy? So I thought that might be interesting for people. They want to hear more um, from him. Mm. Yeah. I agree. Um, I have a question, doctor. I, is it true that when we're talking about um, uh, a virus mutating and all these new variants, um, so you said 
in countries that are not vaccinated, it's kind of the breeding ground for mutations uh, to happen, or variants to to form. And do, vari- do variants form? And this, I guess, this is true for COVID, but also for just the normal, you know, seasonal flu. Um, do they form to survive, like as a response to vaccines? So all of a sudden, you know, um, the whatever COVID you know, 19 vaccines are out there, um, they're working. And so, you know, the virus is like, oh, I have to, I have to survive. The virus is like, oh, I don't want to go away. So it, it forms a new variant. It's, or how is a variant, you know, actually formed? You know, so, um, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, does vaccinating people just cause the emergence of new um, vaccine-resistant variants? And the answer is probably not. Um, so um, I think what's really great is that we've, we've realized that we need to get the world vaccinated. So, you know, the WHO and at the G7 conference, um, an agreement was made among countries to provide hundreds of millions of vaccines to um, underdeveloped countries around the world. And that's what we need to do to prevent the emergence of new variants um, because once people are vaccinated, they don't get infected, and then the virus dies out and can't keep breeding. So variants form because of random mutations in the virus. So they randomly mutate, and then mutations that make them more infectious or more easily transmitted, those viruses survive better than the other um, strains of that same virus. Does that make sense? So, but if you get vaccinated, you, you don't get infected. So it doesn't allow these random mutations because the virus just peters out. So if we could get everybody vaccinated in the world, um, we would probably just get rid of COVID, just like we've done for measles and smallpox. Um, mm-hmm. By getting everybody in the world vaccinated, we pretty much eliminated those diseases. Um, and the viruses haven't mutated to, you know, beat the vaccine um, because you can't get infected if you're if you're vaccinated. So the virus mm-hmm. doesn't have a chance to keep mutating. So it's right. a little complicated, but hopefully that makes mm-hmm. sense. So that's an easy answer for also, someone like me. <laughs> also, Kelly, you might and Joe, you might find it interesting. I mean, he gets bombarded all the time with people trying to challenge him that you know, they don't need to get vaccinated or that, well, mm-hmm. my friend died of whatever and they mm-hmm. had just had the vaccine. And so that's why I don't want to have it. And so um, you might want to address that as well, Patrick, because it's kind of interesting for people because, you know, there's still some people on the fence. Yeah. What I tell people is in this country, 600,000 people have died of COVID maybe literally a handful of people have died of the vaccine. There's a few people that got blood clots, particularly women in their 40s, um, after receiving one of the vaccines that got blood clots and um, died of the blood clot. But we're talking about six or seven people out of hundreds of millions that have been vaccinated. Um, So worldwide, we've now administered, you know, a billion vaccines or something along that line, and virtually nobody dies of the vaccine. Um, 
the fact is that if you're administering billions or hundreds of millions of doses of anything, people die of stuff every day. So people mm-hmm. are going to just happen to die of a heart attack or happen to die of liver failure or something, but it's unrelated to the vaccine. So the CDC has really followed up on <clears throat> there's a very good reporting system for COVID vaccine related um, side effects um, and um, uh, any healthcare you know provider that's doing COVID vaccine has to have access to this um, database where you can report side effects and the CDC follows up on all reported possible serious side effects and really investigates them and they found literally six or seven people that might have died from the vaccine um, in this country after hundreds of millions of doses. So it's probably one of the safest vaccines you can get, and it's exceedingly mm-hmm. effective. It's very effective. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what what age, uh, where are we right now with the vaccine as far as how young um, uh, can it uh, can the uh, patient be to be vaccinated at this point? And when will that maybe go down to even like to toddlers with vaccinations? Yes. So uh, right now you can get the Pfizer vaccine if you're age 12 or older. And um, all of the vaccines are being researched now down to six months of age. So probably by the end of the year, um, the calendar year, we're going to see vaccines available for kids down to six months of age. Um, mm-hmm. because that research is actively going on right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and talk about a booster shot. There's been a lot of talk, a lot of rumor, you know, uh, about the possibility of everybody needing to receive a booster shot. And, you know, I always remind people, well, you get boosters for other things, um, but that's not out of the yep. ordinary when it comes to vaccines. But nope. uh, where do we begin yep. with the likelihood of receiving a booster, and maybe what, what would be the time frame of that? Do we, are we going to need it by the end of the year, or is it something that we need once a year, every five years? Do you have any uh, research or information on that? So, so far, um, it, it looks like the uh, immunity persists. Well, there's no evidence that immunity is waning at this point. Um, I got my shot when the vaccine first came out because I'm a healthcare worker, so I got my shot in December. Um, and all the people that were vaccinated when the shot first came out in November and December are still, there's no waning immunity. The community is not going away. So, uh, so far, there's no evidence that you need a booster yet. Having said that, um, and the other thing we don't know is that mRNA vaccines, these are the first mRNA vaccines that have ever been widely administered. So we don't know a lot about how persistent the immunity is going to be for these vaccines. <laughs> but you're right, um, Kelly, we get a booster for tetanus shot every 10 years. You get a flu shot every year. So it's not going to be a big deal if people have to get boosters. And it's quite possible that a year from now uh, we're going to find that immunity is starting to go down or that there's new variants that we need to be vaccinated against. And um, research is actively being done on that as well. The nice thing about mRNA vaccines is they essentially, 
manufacture the RNA in a laboratory. So as the virus, as the viruses are sequenced, when the variants arise, you can easily manufacture new mRNA against that new sequence because it's all, you know, done in a laboratory. Um, And it's easy to make a new mRNA um, uh, vaccine for, you know, if a new variant comes up that, that we need a new vaccine for. So mm-hmm. the short I have answer a to your question is I we a, don't know yet. Yeah, I, I have a question for you, Doctor. Uh, this relates to the technology, mRNA vaccines. There is a great deal of excitement in the uh, virology uh, world because this is the first large-scale deployment of an mRNA uh, vaccine. It does seem to be extremely effective. There are multiple uh, versions that are that are effective, the Moderna and the Pfizer. And uh, is this the beginning of a new era for vaccines? That is, uh, there has been talk about mRNA vaccines being much more readily uh, uh, applicable to things like cancer and other diseases. Uh, they can be, if there is a new variant determined, an mRNA vaccine can be completed in a matter of two to three weeks. Talk a little bit about this new technology. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And just so everybody knows, all, all it is is a little piece of RNA, which is genetic material like DNA. Um, uh, and um, so it's a little piece of RNA. The reason it's RNA is because the... Um, COVID virus is an, is an R, M, is a RNA virus, so it, it doesn't have DNA, it has RNA. Um, and all it is is a little piece of genetic material that gets into your cells in your body and causes your cells to start making um, little tiny pieces of the spike protein that is on the surface of the... Um, of the COVID virus. So the nice thing about these vaccines is they're not killed viruses. They can't make you sick. Um, You can't get COVID from them. Um, And, uh, and they're manufactured in a laboratory with, like you said, Joe, within days, Um, they can make, you know, new versions of the same of the RNA material. Um, right. It's very cool, the technology. Um, the <clears throat> Pfizer vaccine, for example, is a little piece of RNA that's surrounded by um, fat molecules. So um, it's part of why it's kind of sensitive and why it had to be kept at cold temperatures. Um, mm-hmm. But it's you know a little piece of RNA that's surrounded by fat molecules, and those fat molecules help it get into the cells of your body so your body can start producing these little pieces of protein, and then your immune system reacts to those little pieces of protein and creates antibodies. So it's yeah, it's mm. fascinating technology, and it it's is wonderful. potentially the future for vaccines. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, right. um, it's time, Kelly, for uh, uh, no. contact mm-hmm. information. Yes. Yes. Well, Alicia, um, um, our hour, is, yeah, 
Um, our hour's almost um, up. This happens every Friday. We're always like, we need more time. Um, but um, Alicia or Doctor, do you want to give us your contact information? You know how um, how we can access the doctor and move forward. Want to um, tell us how to do that? Sure. Um, go to listenmed.com, uh, and there's um, you can book an appointment. You can contact us. There's the email. There's also uh, info at listenmed.com, and you can also call, um, which is 310-600-0466, and our number is also on the website as well. Um, but feel free anytime, even if you want to just ask a question and be able to speak to the doctor and uh, on anything. I don't know if you have anything to add, Patrick. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I look forward to meeting people and seeing them, seeing them in person or on, or on mm-hmm. the uh, video conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a and new era. Thank you guys era so much for in... having us. Well, thank you, Doctor. <laughs> thank you, Doctor. It's, it's been a pleasure, and, and it's, it's like Kelly and I always say, the best new things are being developed in the South Bay, and this is quite an example of some new trend that probably will sweep the nation. I think people around the nation will be clamoring for a different kind of, a better relationship with their doctor. And uh, and this this is the beginning of something like that. Thank you very much, Dr. Uh, Patrick uh, Meehan and Alicia Meehan. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank, thank you. For thank having you for us. having us. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Joe. Um, this is always this has been a fantastic conversation. And Alicia and Patrick, we appreciate. Uh, your membership of the chamber, and for you guys taking the time today um, to, you know, share all this information. Um, So everybody have a great weekend, and happy Father's Day to you too, Patrick. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Happy Father's Day, uh, Doctor, and uh, everyone out there, have a great Father's Day weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. (laughs) Bye.